Hey, Abiding Together podcast listeners, it is Michelle, and I have an announcement and an invitation for you all. First of all, the announcement on January 18th, we will announce our book selection for our Lenten book study and all the details. We are so excited about the book we selected, and we are so excited to journey this Lent with you all. I think the Holy Spirit is going to do something powerful this Lent, and we can't wait to bring you on the journey with us. And number two, an invitation. Right now, as I am recording this little ad thing, invitation, Father Mike Schmidt's podcast is the number one podcast in all the country, out of all podcasts, not just religion podcasts. So I really invite you to pray for Father Mike Schmitz, like the Lord is using him mightily. And I think it's a really powerful thing that a priest in the Bible are the number one podcast of all iTunes. But The Lord is using him as mightily, and so I know there's going to be some pushback some way, somehow, but I would really invite our listeners to pray a Hail Mary for him, offer up a rosary for him, anything you can do for him, pray adoration, offer up communion for him, but just really cover Father Mike Schmidt in prayer. I think that is the best gift that we can do for him, and I'm just excited to see how what happens when people really get in the Word and allow the Word to transform their lives. So... To our Abiding Together podcast listeners, thank you so much for being on the journey with us. And we just love and really find it a sacred privilege to journey with you also. Have a great day. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to season nine of the Abiding Together podcast, episode two. And we have a wonderful, amazing, awesome guest for you, which we're going to make you wait to find out who it is <laughs> before. So happy new year, Heather and Michelle. And Michelle, you just recently got off a silent retreat. Do you want to share with our listeners a little bit about what it's like hanging out with us after you've been silent for several days? This is the third year in a row that I've done a silent retreat during Advent, which being a mom of a lot of kids during this season It's like Moses always parting the Red Sea for me to be able to get out the door and then coming back. But I love it. I think I I will probably will become my transition, but I was so ready to go into silence this year and I was really prepared. So yeah, I jumped in with both feet and the Lord met me there with arms wide open, kicked my butt and loved me well. And, but it feels really weird. I came home and there was a house full of my people and it was really loud. Like, Turn it so. down. <laughs> oh, Michelle, can I just comment on just how much you've matured? You've just grown before our eyes. 22 years ago when you and I went on our first silent retreat with Father Dave Pavanka and you and I both were like trying to go to confession every hour just so that we had somebody to talk somebody to. Somebody to talk to. Exactly. Oh, I love <laughs> it. You were like the worst silent retreat The ever. worst. Well done. Yes. Um, Yes, it is. And now I just love the silence and um, unplugging too. Like I just didn't miss anything. I loved the silence. So it was really good. And it's amazing how that still small voice gets really loud when you're quiet. Mm -hmm. So yes. Yeah. So Heather, how are you? Yeah. I mean, the still small voice. Wow. We've had a lot of that. Like there's uh, a lockdown that's been going on for quite some time here in British Columbia. And so yeah, even through Advent and everything and now into the new year, like there's just a different kind of quiet. There's a stillness um, like I've never known. And I definitely am feeling, yeah, the Lord speaking to me in that. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to focus more on welcoming that than being resistant to it and frustrated by what's not here and just like focusing on mm-hmm. what is here. Like this is an opportunity that we will never have again, probably hope. Hope to God we don't, but you know what I'm saying? But yeah, no, it's been really beautiful, actually, just the stillness 
of the whole of the whole thing. So yeah, how are you, sister? Good. I'm I'm actually your neighbor to the south here. So I, uh, you know, it's nice to be in the same time zone. You and I usually Michelle and I are in the same time zone, but no, you and I are in the same time zone. So yeah, yeah my mom, my mom and I, my mom had surgery, so I came home to take care of her. And so bless her heart, it's just you know beautiful to just to get back to your mama and try to help her. And my mom's, you know, as as you've heard over the years, if you've listened to our podcast, my mom's a a force to be reckoned with. And I was telling them when we were right before we started recording that my mom's. Reward for herself after she recovers from her surgery. She's going to go mow her lawn. <laughs> she can't wait to mow her lawn again. It's three acres and she's just raring to go. So that this is my mother, people. This is. Yeah. Step two is it. getting her chainsaw out. But yeah. She's not quite there Now yet. you know why I'm the way I am. Yeah. It's so great. So, <laughs> awesome. but without further ado, what last week, if you listen to our episode last week, we talked about our word of the year, which we've been doing for several years now. And so this episode, we're going to talk about the year of the word. And for our scripture for this particular episode is from Romans 12, 2. Uh, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we couldn't think of anybody better to talk about the year of the word than our dear friend, who is the pastor and of uh, the chaplain for the University of Minnesota in Duluth, a man who really needs no introduction. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz, welcome to the Abiding Together podcast season nine. Thank you a ton. I I also really love that uh, we were talking about the word of the year and flip it around. Year of the word. Yes. So good. <laughs> that's how, that's yeah. how we do it here. Did yeah. you see what we did? Did you see what we did there? So it's together abiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's next season. That's, we'll do that. Season 10. So. <laughs> Well, Father, you're about to start something really exciting that I think our listeners are absolutely going to love. But before we talk about that and this initiative and kind of what's flowing out of your heart and this brand new podcast that you're about to start, we want to know, we can't assume anything anymore. I mean, it's 2021. Do you still drink coffee, first of all? I mean, can we still even talk about that? And how do you drink it if you still do? Yes. uh, Yes. The answer is yes. (laughs) I still do. I, today, uh, so to beginning, so I've been doing this thing. I and I hate bringing it up because I feel so. Uh, what's the word? I don't know. Sellouty, millennial. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I've been doing this intermittent fasting for about two years, and and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing a sixteen eight or eighteen six protocol for a while. That means like you're fasting for eighteen or sixteen hours, then feeding at six eight. But I had listened to this podcast that talked about after you're forty, and I'm closer now to 50 than I am to 40. Uh, they say that it's better to have extended fasts, like 20 plus hours, a couple, couple days a week, you know, three, four days a week. And so today I was black coffee all morning. And after this, I'm going to put some protein into the coffee to break the fast. So then it'll taste like a, like, wow. like, like a mocha. And I haven't had a mocha <laughs> ever since December 7th, 2007. <laughs> So I'm like, like, what happened? I'm like, fascinated that you know this date. Like, Please share the story. Right I know. Now. I'm like, what happened on I, this date? I know this is like a story. Oh, do tell, do tell. I just, I just we just passed the the 13th anniversary last week or a couple of weeks, whatever it was. <laughs> so December 7th, 2007. Um, I used to do this thing where I'd never drank coffee ever in my life, and then um, my last year of seminary, I realized I I. The people, when I go to their houses as a priest, they're going to, everyone's going to offer you coffee because that's what people do. They just say, hey, want mm-hmm. coffee. And I don't want to have to say no every single time. So what would happen is on Fridays, we would go walk down or drive down to the Planned Parenthood building and we'd pray rosary. And then afterwards, I would just split off from the other guys and drive down or walk down to a, a Starbucks at a Barnes and Noble. And I would be there on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening and work on my homily for the weekend as a deacon and would have my first coffee. And my first coffee was a a caramel macchiato, I think. And um, I get that every Friday uh, evening or Friday afternoon. And um, I remember telling my best friend at the time, uh, yeah, I drink coffee now. And he asked me what it was. And I told him caramel macchiato. He's like, that's not coffee. (laughs) You're drinking a warm shake. And uh, so I went from that into with caribou coffee up here in northern Minnesota, we have oh. white chocolate mochas. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they have it everywhere, but mm-hmm. so that was what I would drink a white chocolate mocha, sometimes multiple times a day. And I'd meet with people at a coffee shop and like, I'll get my white chocolate mocha. And I realized after a while, uh, I was like, wow, coffee's awesome because I'm not even hungry. This is crazy. And <laughs> you're like, I've also gained 20 pounds. <laughs> and, and so one day I decided I'm going to look up n- the nutrition information for the white chocolate mocha on caribocoffee.com. And I did. And I thought, wow, 
that was the last day I ever had a white chocolate mocha in my entire life <laughs> because the trade-off is not worth it. And now I drink a cup of coffee that costs like, you know, $2 instead of $5. So I save mm-hmm. money. I don't eat, have calories, but with the protein in there, it's chocolate and it kind of tastes kind of mocha-y. So that's kind of a <laughs> nice way to break the fast. That was a long answer to a very introductory <laughs> question. No, we're all still fascinated. Yeah, well, you know, the now highs we and are lows, fascinated. The okay, drama. Yeah. Okay. Is your chocolate the collagen like protein like that goes in there? Like what chocolate? How do you get chocolate in your coffee? I'm just fascinated oh, just by powder, that part. Right. So the yeah, the protein okay. powder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, protein powder. Because it's good to break the fast okay. with just checking protein and not like protein mm-hmm. and fat. Just kind have it as clean as possible. That's what they say, at least. Mm-hmm. We're right there with you, dude. That's all awesome. my. Yeah. Uh, Look, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of healthier things, um, I've just started the Reform Wellness Program with Jackie Mulligan, Yay. who we interviewed. It's like a whole body, mind, soul thing. And this is the time of the year for new things. Yeah. And Father Mike, mm-hmm. that's why I love what you're doing. And I would love to jump into just understanding what you're doing with the year of the word. And how did you get this idea? Just a year of scripture. Just tell us all about it. Yeah, no, thanks for asking. The um, it's a the Bible in a Year podcast, and um, so we went through a number of iterations of what we call it. And so it was the Catholic Bible in a Year podcast. It was the Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz. I like to call it the the Bible in Your Ear podcast. It's just the audio book. <laughs> and but what it is is the Bible, the entire Bible, seven all seventy three books from January first. Well, actually any 365 days that you need. So it's not locked into today's January 1st, 2021, but you could pick it up at any time, whether it would be like at the end of next year or in three years from now. The idea is that it would stay constantly free and constantly living in a place where it's accessible to anybody who's just experiences the draw of the Holy Spirit to know the Lord even more uh, clearly through his word. And so Every day, there, every single day, seven days a week, for 365 <laughs> days, there is there are three readings, essentially. And I love the format of this because there are other uh, podcasts that have like the Bible in a year. There's other reading plans that have the Bible in a year. And this one is unique for a couple of reasons. But one of them, right off the bat, is that it is based off of Jeff Caven's Great Adventure Bible Timeline. So if you, I don't know if you've ever gone through that, wow. that Bible study, it is the study yeah. that changed my life. Like, I would say that... Um, after having you know nine years of studying theology, four or five of five of those being in you know graduate level, after all of those classes in scripture and theology, when I went through the Great Adventure Bible timeline with Jeff Cavins was when it was like, oh my gosh, this it, this makes so much more sense. It, it was like all the pieces that all these you know decent instructors had given me is like all of them came together, and it was like, oh, I don't just know mm-hmm. the stories now; I know the story. And, mm, and so yeah. one of the hallmarks of his Great Adventure Bible timeline is that he will conti- he'll keep the narrative going. And the narrative is what are these mm. 14? He picks 14 narrative books. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be following that. That first reading every day is going to be from the narrative books. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a lull mm. in the middle of the, the reading where it's there's a lot of prophets. <laughs> and so, but mm. the great thing is the second reading is always supplemental, like it's still the word of God, but it's supplemental to, it's in context. So I'm trying to say it is in context of that first reading. So when you're going through Exodus, that's when we'll be also going through Leviticus. And, and that's just, mm. it, it's so so helpful, I think, because you're hearing, here's the story of here's Moses and Aaron and the people of God in the wilderness. And also here's Moses talking to Aaron and saying, when you do such and such, you'll also do such and such. You know, it's like, it's not this kind of disconnected. Now I launch into Leviticus and just try to get through the boils mm-hmm. and pustules and what to do about the white spot if it turns blood red or what, just this is the context. <laughs> and and so that's going to be, I think, hopefully for so many people, a, a huge blessing because it means that the entire time you're being brought into the story. So I don't know, that's a little intro into what it's going to be for the 365 days starting on, you know, well, starting at the beginning of the year or when, whenever anyone wants to pick wow. it up. Wow. So even starting this, like how, what inspired you to even begin a project <laughs> yeah, like no. this? Yeah. I mean, yes, the Holy Spirit, but like what personally inspired you to even take this on? Well, it was a little bit of, fr- no, I don't want to say frustration. I'll, I'll say this. Um, a, I really like audiobooks. <laughs> uh, number one, audiobooks, podcasts, videos on YouTube. I just like, I'll put my ear 
buds in and like play a talk on YouTube and just cook dinner. Like I just, like I'm always like ingesting stuff through my ears. <laughs> and so um, that's one thing. And then I found that when I sit down to read, it, it almost doesn't matter how good the book is. I'm like, I'm out like a light. I, I'm falling asleep. My eyes get tired, getting old. And um, even when it came to uh, the word, I, I like, I want to get deeply into my Bible. Um, but I find myself sometimes, you know, my eyes start getting crossed and I just, I can hear in some ways better than I can uh, see. And I know that the word of God is meant to be proclaimed. Like it, it is, it is written mm -hmm. to be read, um, to be proclaimed mm -hmm. out loud. So anyways, that's kind of like some context. And then what happened was I found myself over the last number of years, I've discovered a number of people that I really trust their opinions. I trust their insight. Uh, they're really smart people. They have even, even have wisdom when it comes to cultural issues mm -hmm. or when it comes to insights into politics or insights into just kind of, um, human behavior and, and, and what real like good living could look like. And I found a lot of fruit from that. But I also found that when there were certain seasons or when there were certain topics afterwards, I felt really combative. Mm -hmm. Like afterwards I felt really like, okay, now I know, and I'm going to argue this, or I'm going to fight this, or I'm going to kind of just wrestle with these people who or wrestle with anybody who might not hold this particular perspective or whatever. I just, the example I like to think of is St. Ignatius of Loyola, they say that when he was convalescing uh, from a <laughs> cannonball wound, um, <laughs> that, that he loved to read books of like daring and books of glory on the battlefield and of knights and ladies. And, and that he said when he would read those, he felt the surge of his heart like, yes, I want to live like this. I want to be this kind of person. Um, but afterwards, he crashed. He, there was this emptiness. And when he read the stories of the lives of the saints or the life of Christ. He had that same kind of surge of that's what I want. That's what I want to live for. But it didn't crash afterwards. It was, it was uh, the example I always think of my mind is like, you eat a bunch of sugar. And it's like, that was awesome. It's so great. And you crash versus mm -hmm. you have the protein <laughs> in your coffee. And it's <laughs> like, you have that like bump and then it just stays like, no, this is consistent. And this has, has a, this constellation is deeper. So what I found was when I was listening to these people who, again, I respect and are wise, um, afterwards, mm -hmm. I would look at the world and be like, ah, I'm crushed by this or crashed. Mm -hmm. And I started listening yeah. to scripture and it, it just did something to me mm -hmm. where it, it wasn't just consoling. It wasn't just kind of like, okay, that's fine. You know, it was, it was challenging. It was convicting, but it, it did this thing that I like to refer to as it shaped my lens of when I put scripture down or listen, put, you know, put the earbuds out the way I saw the world was through the lens of the Bible, was through the lens of here's God working mm -hmm. in people's lives. And and I know that sometimes, okay, I'll stop right there. So that's the beginning, I guess. So good. Yeah, no, could you want to continue, Father? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to be the one. People, yeah, I think people can relate to that. I mean, yeah, just please, yeah, go, please yeah. continue. We'd love so, to hear that. Station break. This is the Biden Together podcast. And anyway, <laughs> we're together <laughs> abiding, please. Thank you. Very Sorry, much. that's okay, right. Yeah. It is the year of the world. <laughs> so, so then I, I had this like thought, like, shoot, I would love for this to be, I would love for there to be a Catholic version of this. Mm, yeah. Because we know that as, as Catholics, Yes, we have the sacred scripture. We also have sacred tradition. And one of the things that happens for a lot of people is they'll get into the Bible and maybe they're able to, they'll, they'll be able to read through the whole thing, but we read through it. <laughs> we often wander through it lost, wondering mm -hmm. where does this fit? How does this fit not only with, okay, back in the context, where does this fit with what we believe now? Where does this fit with my life? And like, it's be good to have a guide. Mm -hmm. And um, so I said, okay, we need to be shaped by scripture so we can see the world through the lens, the biblical worldview, this lens of scripture. But also it would be really helpful to have a guide. I, I know for myself, whenever I've mm -hmm. really gone deeply into scripture, it's almost always been with a guide. There's someone that I know I can trust, mm -hmm. someone I know is deeply steeped in mm -hmm. the tradition of the church and they know what they're talking about and the scripture. And so I thought, well, I don't know, I'd like to do that. And, and so I had contacted Ascension and I said, here's the thought, here's what I'd like to do. I don't know if this is, maybe it's not me, maybe it's someone else, but um, I don't know if this is, this is what I would love. And that was during quarantine. That was during, uh, like, I think it must've been somewhere in April uh, of 2020. Mm -hmm. 
And it just took a lot of time to, to shape and come up with a Bible reading plan. And there were some people who worked with Ascension who were so good. I mean, they spent hours and hours and hours crafting this Bible reading plan in such a way that things match up in a way that, like, again, has never no one's ever created anything like this before um, so that it just, we can tell the story and those other, again, those other like prophets can fit like, oh, that makes sense. That, that, that's why Jeremiah is saying this to the, to the people is because of this, what's going on in the story. So this is great news. And I, and they said, yes, they said, we've been wanting to do this for years, but we just didn't have anybody who wanted to do it or didn't know when to do it. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I will, if you don't mind. And, and so we're doing it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That is. That's so amazing. But I think it's seeing the lens through like a biblical yeah. worldview, mm -hmm. like seeing our worlds and having it, you know, it tells us the scriptures in Hebrew, the world, the word of God is living and active, you know, but if it's living and active in our ears, we're listening to it, it penetrates to our hearts and comes out of our mouth. And uh, one of my dear friends here in town is Jewish. And she always says, you know, her her Jewish children um, memorize scripture. They have to for part of their Jewish. I mean, they're extremely Orthodox Jewish, but you know, she's like, you need to know these words so they don't depart from your mouth day and night. This is what they do. I mean, and it's just, I love watching the beauty of their faith because it gets me even hungrier for scripture and my faith. And I just think that's amazing. Like just, yes. And so needed, like so, so needed in our culture right now. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Wow. It's so wow. easy to, to be when we do have so many opinions out there and a lot of people who want to share lots of opinions. I think for many people, they find it confusing is like, how do I navigate this? Who do I trust? And this mm -hmm. is what we've kept coming back to as well and why we started on the importance of learning how to read scripture and learning how to dive into the Bible is because we we can trust the words. You know, this is the right. truth. This is the standard by which everything else should be compared. So we yeah. don't need to be afraid. It actually equips us, like you were saying, to look through the lens um, of scripture to everything in the world and hold it to that standard. Yeah, there, there's something that was so striking. I was going through... Judges at one point, mm. uh, last gosh, it must have been either it was right around that same time, springtime, maybe early summer. And, and what I just found was this, this massive chaos. I mean, the, the book of Judges is just all about chaos, it's all about here's God who has called his people to holiness, and they are living so recklessly and so faithlessly and and then so they would then they'd repent and he'd send them a judge and then the judge would bring some order and then they'd forget about it and just this this cycle of of you know the last line of the book of judges and that in those days there was no king in israel and everyone did what was right mm -hmm. in their own eyes and, mm -hmm. and and so as i was going through that book of judges every single day just a little bit more a little bit more of these stories you just, i had so much peace because you would have, even in one verse of scripture, it'd be an entire like generation just described mm -hmm. in one verse. And you think yes. that was one sentence where here's people living in chaos and yet here's the Lord God who is accessible to them. Like he, and he, and he has still called mm -hmm. them to be his. And all we have, all we know of them is one verse. And, and it's just mm -hmm. like, again, there's a sense of like, okay, let's have some perspective right now because, uh, here is God who is faithful, even in, in our every heartbeat and like our every breath, he is, he's so close to us. And if one someday, you know, maybe our entire lives or what we're going through right now would be one verse in, mm -hmm. in the book of life, you know? So just, it's, it was such, such a gift of perspective. And that's what I, part of what I mean by mm -hmm. shaping a biblical worldview is that here's God's word when it comes to living rightly and uprightly and righteously, but also just that perspective of here's what God's people have been through. And so even when we hit the prophets, there's going to be something massively important about, uh, you know, Isaiah is just so long. <laughs> it's like, wow, we, wow, you had a lot to say, my brother. Um, but, but, but every, you know, new section, he was major. Yep. <laughs> every section, though, has that. And here's where, either where I'm convicting you or consoling you. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that's so powerful. 
And I think what you said about having a guide is huge because a lot of people say, where do I start in scripture? Where do I begin? And once you do have a guide and you really start to break it open, you realize like, okay, it does penetrate your heart and changes your eyes and changes your view. But it was interesting, even on my um, silent retreat, my spiritual director that guided me, he had me in three scriptures or I had two passages, one from John Paul II, one from John the Cross. I could not do any extra reading. And for me, that was painful because I love my books. And he's like, are you going to be obedient to me or not? Like, this is, I mean, he likes to lay the smack down a little bit. But anyway, um, so, but I was in Hosea too. And I was like, oh, I've read Hosea where it says, I will lure her into the mm. desert. You know, I will speak tenderly to her. I stayed in those six, first six verses of that chapter and I did not get past for a day and a half and it wrecked me. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, you know, and that was where the guide was. And then when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm the prostitute mm-hmm. in this. Like I'm the one. And I mean, and I was just bawling. It still makes me tear up because it's still so raw. And I was just like, Lord, I'm sorry. Like I have put idols before you. I've made you a slave master instead of a husband. But it's all those words of scripture that the prophet Hosea was saying, but and I could say them back to the Lord too. Like, this is what I've made of you like mm-hmm. this. And it penetrates your heart and it becomes alive in you. And you're like, oh my goodness. But then it brings this peace mm-hmm. because like you said, and I love how you all carefully crafted this together where it tells the greater story mm-hmm. because all scripture is, is this beautiful love story. Like you can say, yes, it's this theological book for, that has a lot of information, but no, it is a love story meant for yeah. transformation of our hearts and our souls. And it's a love story of a God saying, let me tell you my words. I'm coming back for you. And I love you. And here it is. And I got skin in the game. I'm putting my yeah. son in this too, through, you know, the word become flesh and that, yeah. Do you feel like that? Like, do you feel this responsibility since COVID has started and all of that, like that you are really a guide, you have a lot of influence. Mm-hmm. You have become a good father. I mean, I think you're a great father. All of us mm-hmm. here do, but a good shepherd, like what has been the Lord's, what has the Lord been stirring your heart in all of that? No, I, I thank you for saying that. I, <laughs> I, so I just, yesterday was thinking about this, was thinking about like the, that, that kind of responsibility, not kind of responsibility, the responsibility yeah. and, um, not only that, but just, so <laughs> someone had asked me, I'm not sure when it was, a, a, a student last semester, and they said something along the lines of, you know, what should I do to stay humble? Like, what should I do when people are, you know, saying good things about me? And what should I do when, when people, and they said, Father Mike, what do you, what do you, what do you do? And when people, when people, you know, say these things. And I, th- I think that I keep coming back to the words of John the Baptist um, at the beginning of John's gospel when the scribes and, and priests, Levi, uh, the Levites and priests come to John and say, hey, are you the Messiah? And he has these three words. He says, I am not. <laughs> and there's something so good about just like, okay, I, I am not the, what you think I am. What I am is true. Uh-huh. Like I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am that forerunner. You know, I'm not the bridegroom, but I, I know the bridegroom mm-hmm. and I'm here to prepare the way for him. And there's something so good about like, gosh, just being able to say, I not only uh, won't pretend to be someone I'm not, I I, I can't, you know, I just mm-hmm. can't do it yeah. because it's just, it's not going to go well for anybody. <laughs> There's sometimes when you get really tempted, you can be really tempted to just let people believe things about yourself. Like they're like, oh, you, I heard such and such about you. And you're like, well, I'm not going to correct you. And I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> if you ask me directly, then fine, I'll tell the truth. But like, anyway, mm-hmm. so coming back to this, I think that there is an element of just, like, okay, Lord, I know that there's there are our students on our campus via my bishop before he passed has asked me to serve. And um, mm-hmm. so that's what I'll keep doing. And then when COVID happened, as, as you mentioned, we, for our students at first, we were like, oh, well, we, we left uh, campus for spring break. And then all of a sudden it was like, don't come back. And so mm-hmm. it was this wow. like, we were right, you know, I, as you know, Lent had just started and we had this whole plan of like, Lent, we want to take you on this journey through Lent because this is so important for all their students. And then we just couldn't see each other. And so it was a matter of, well, shoot, is there any way we can have our mass in our, in our little chapel to reach our students? And so that's what we tried to do. And it kind of has gone on from there to being able to be uh, a, a mass that I, I you know, I, I get... <laughs> some friends and some family members, as well as people I don't, I don't know who are able to say that 
they're grateful for uh, what we're offering. I don't know what to say other than that, but it's just been a, it's been a gift, but also that responsibility of, you know, wanting to, as you said, you know, shepherd well, I don't know what else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's you funny, do, Father. Father yeah. Oh, sorry, sister, go ahead. No, you go right ahead. You go right ahead. I was going to say, it's funny that you brought up that scripture about John the Baptist. I literally wrote that exact thing down in my journal yesterday. And I was like, I am not this, but I am the voice. Yeah crying out to prepare the way. And and I think we we all need somebody to prepare the way. And that's what I see this part of what you're doing. I mean, your whole ministry, but with the scriptures in particular and journeying with us through that, it's like you're preparing the way for an encounter. That's the whole point. It's not just to know things or to read something or have another thing on our to-do list, another task, or to make us feel better about what we're doing or accomplishing something, but it's preparing the way with the hope of the encounter with Jesus, an encounter with his word. And I'm just curious for you, like when is a time that you encountered Jesus in the scripture in, in just a real way or scripture that just broke your heart wide open? Well, you know, like in, in particular, a scripture that has done this, I'm not, I'm going to think about it a little more, but I will think that, especially since Michelle's sharing about her silent retreat, one of the things that happened for me when I was my, in my first year of seminary, we had a uh, J term or January term. And I, I had extra classes here, but not enough classes there. And so they didn't really know where to put me. And so one of the priests on campus, he said, why don't you do a 30 day Ignatian silent retreat? And I said, mm-hmm. great, I would love to do that. And so I went out uh, to a Jesuit retreat house and the retreat director had said at one point, um, the, the first couple of days, or I, I might even just be the first day is a meditation or reflection on the love of God. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sure I'll do that. And I got done and checked in the next day. And he's like, you know, I want you to stay there. I want you to keep keep reflecting on the love of God. I'm like, okay. Next day checked in. He's like, you know what? I don't want you to stay here. So keep reflecting on God's personal love for you. And I'm like, well, you know, the retreat's supposed to start. Like, I know that there are kind, there's kind of a structure to the nation <laughs> spiritual exercises. And um, everyone else has started theirs. And here he held me there for a week, um, just on meditating on God's love for me. And it was, it was so profoundly moving. It wasn't any, there was no explosion. There was no, um, like in this moment of like power, uh, piercing insight, but I hadn't realized the depth to which, uh, so much of my relationship with the Lord was based off of performance and was based off of being a good mm. kid and was based off of, mm. of not just his completely sheer gratuitous love. And whenever I think of your podcast, I always think of the, the, the word abiding and just like that, the invitation to simply abide. Um, and I always contrast like, right, abiding and striving are kind of these, these things. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're more paradoxical, I think, than they are contrary to each other. And, mm-hmm. and yet it, it just, the Lord did something so powerfully over and over every time I would come back to these scriptures of him saying, you know, his words of, you're precious to me. You are my beloved. You are the, mm-hmm. and just the reading scripture like this and, and allowing it to be personal and then going on from there and to actually got to do the rest of the retreat uh, where with the gospels and being able to see Jesus and do those Ignatian exercises where, you know, you add in a, a, a sense. So let me just see the scene. Let me now, let me see it and hear the scene. Let me see it, hear it, mm-hmm. and like feel the sun or, or feel the breeze or smell. And then, you know, all these so that at the end of that retreat, because this was just, it was so, it was one of the top you know, 30 moments of grace in my life um, in the sense of 30 days. I remember leaving this retreat and the two graces of the retreat. One was I have had been given an awareness and a conviction that I can trust the Lord that has never uh, been taken away. He is, He gave that. And uh, it is it is it is marked everything. Just that mm-hmm. this deep, and I'll say the word abiding trust that that regardless of circumstance, regardless of situation, I I, I can trust him. And the second the second grace is why. And the second grace was because I would say that up until that time of just being with him in yes in his presence in the Eucharist in the chapel, but also just being with him in the Gospels and watching him. And listening to him and and seeing him uh, interact with people, you know, in in that sanctified imagination, the way I describe it is like I had an uncle who lived out in California, uh, Michael Tom. He would call occasionally, and I, you know, we talk with them on the phone, and we loved our uncle Tom. And after you know the phone call, I'd be say, "Okay, bye, Uncle Tom, love you," and I meant it. 
But the difference was like, what if I had gone out and lived with my Uncle Tom for a month and everything we did, we just got to do it together. And at the end of that time, I would know him and I would know to whom I was saying, I love you every time. So I had to, and that was what it was kind of like. It was, it was, I thought I knew Jesus. But after spending that time just watching him and listening to him, so the gospels as a whole, I guess I would say as a, as a big answer, because it was like, oh, I know you and God, this is, I, I, I love you, Jesus. And because of that, when it's seeing, seeing you, knowing your heart now, I mean, just a little bit better. I know I can trust you. I know I never have to uh, fear, even if everything's going to collapse, like even if everything is taken away, even if everything is destroyed, I know I can trust you. And so, so I would say maybe praying with the gospels and uh, primarily just receiving his love or even just his believing, believing uh, the depth of his love. That's stunning, Father. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's very beautiful. And that's, yeah, I just want to honor that. That's stunningly beautiful. And that's like, to me, as you say that, I just see like an anchor in your soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to, that's a great word. Like St. Paul says, I've learned how to live in plenty and in want and, in, in, you know, in good times and in bad, really, like I've learned how to live because I know he's sufficient for me. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the love. That's the journey of love. Right. And I wonder if, you know, before we kind of go into our one thing here, what advice would you give like for so many years of being a priest and being a pastor and hearing confessions and walking with people and hearing stories and, and now about to unveil this beautiful new initiative of, of leading people through God's word through a year? Like what, what advice would you give to people at the disposition of their heart as they enter in? I mean, obviously you're there, you're giving an intellectual formation, but really I think it sounds like really what your heart is to, to bring about through the grace of the Holy Spirit, a transformation of heart. So what, what advice would you give to our listeners and people who are really ready to download the app and just get going? Like, could you give them a piece of advice as they journey into this, um, this beautiful love story with God? Yeah, I think so. Uh, thank you for asking that too. Uh, I would say, it, I just have this word, uh, receive. Mm -hmm. it, just came, it just came up as you're asking the question. I just thought, ah, receive. And, and here's kind of what I mean. I, I think that again, when it comes back to, I've been reflecting on this ever since I knew I got to talk to the three of you, uh, the abiding and striving thing. Um, and I know that sometimes, yeah, when we're striving, when we're, when we're, sometimes it's really good to take scripture up and hunt. Like, I really do think there's something really good about taking scripture up and hunting. Like, God, God, what is it you want to speak to me? What is it that you, that, that is going to speak to either to me or to the, someone that I care about right now. And so we can go about that, go about it that way. But there's also something that just is, you can pick this up and a, a piece of advice would be, you just press play and just let me walk with you uh, and just receive. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I love about, again, going back to the audio uh, way or the word of God proclaimed is that in some ways it doesn't cost you anything and it's not as intimidating. Uh, I don't have to figure it out myself. I just get to receive it. And so, but receiving doesn't mean passive or receptive doesn't mean passive. Mm -hmm. So I love the example of the difference between, so in mass, right? We were asked to be seated while we hear God's word. And that posture of being seated isn't being passive, although sometimes that's what we do. It's, it's a posture of receptivity. And so the example I really like is Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. I don't know if you've heard this example, but like, like, so Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, whenever I bring this up, I think I brought it up last week. Oh, we did a teaching mass um, with our RCIA candidates and a lot of them are in college. And so like, you guys know who Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers are? They're like, nope. Like, well, it makes sense. In the last century, they were two of the greatest dancers and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, everyone talked about how great Fred Astaire was. I remember seeing a meme that said, you know, Fred Astaire was incredible, light on his feet and did remarkable things with dance. Ginger Rogers did everything that Fred Astaire did, but she did it backwards and in, and in high heels. Uh, so <laughs> it was kind of fun. But an interesting thing, I once heard that Fred Astaire said he loved dancing with Ginger Rogers more than any other dance partner. The interesting thing about Ginger Rogers is she was actually not a professional dancer. She was an amateur dancer. And one of the reasons why he loved dancing with her is because of course she was talented and skilled, and, but because she followed so well. And so mm. he said, I would lead her and she would go everywhere or anywhere I wanted her to go. And that's what I think of when it comes to God's word is that when you press play day one or day 290, doesn't matter just to have that, that attitude, that posture of receptivity, that's just like, okay, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me today? I'm not, maybe I hunt, maybe we could do that, but maybe it's just, I'm going to let you talk to me. I'm gonna let you speak to me and I'm just going to receive. 
And then, because because there's no pressure then. Then it's just like, okay, Lord, you're, you, here I am, uh, speak. And I think that, because I think there's too often we um, hold ourselves back because we're intimidated by what is this going to cost me? What do I have to know? What am I going to have to bring? Like, no, just show up, mm-hmm. uh, press play, and receive. That's so great. Gosh, I can't wait to dive in. Woo! Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Michelle, did you want to say anything before we jump into our one things for the week? Yeah, I just love the whole where he leads. Let us just follow and receive. That's mm-hmm. just beautiful. The word of God. And yeah. And like I said, just coming off of my retreat, so many themes that Father Mike is saying, God's just mm-hmm. confirming some, just making sure his point is known. But I think one of the big things is he has such gifts for us. And we just don't even receive or open them, yeah. you know, like he has, it's we just receive or open them in like, and the gift, one of his biggest gifts is his word. Mm-hmm. And so let us just receive and open this beautiful gift and see where he mm-hmm. leads us and, and follow. Mm-hmm. And, and Father so, Mike, I just mm-hmm. want to say thank you for all the time that you're taking to do this because, yeah. um, you know, we, yes. get, we get messages constantly of people saying, where do I find a spiritual director? Mm-hmm. Like I need a spiritual right. director and it is so hard to find. And yet at the same time, we have so many who are willing to guide us, you know, and, and it, yeah, it's preferable to be face to face in person. But I know during this time where we've you know, not been able to go to mass for so long and been in lockdown, I have been so father, I've been fathered so well by yourself and other priests, like through these technology means in ways that I never thought was possible. And so for those mm-hmm. people out there who are like, I need someone to help guide me. Well, here is one, probably of many, but here's one great way to be led right now. And and I think for all of us, we need to allow ourselves to be led. We need to allow ourselves to um to step in as a disciple and to follow in very specific intentional ways. So I just want to say thank you for the gift of this. It's wonderful. Thanks, Heather. That means a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And Father, where do people sign up? How can they, if they're listening right now, they're like, I want to sign up right now. Where do they, where do they go? Like, how can they do this? Yeah, they, they can actually, they can go to ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a year and they can, you can get the, the reading plan. Um, it's already printed out. It's we it's, so you can see it. I love the idea that when you have a, a map, you can see where you are. We also can see where you're going. And mm-hmm. so, like, okay, we're on day, you know, three. What happens next? Or what happened? Day thirty-three. What happens next? So you can go again, ascensionpress.com/slash/bible in a year. You could also you could sign up for the email, like the uh, uh, updates and whatnot, by texting the word Catholic Bible. It's all one word, even though it's two words. One word, Catholic Bible to the number 33777, just type 33777 in the like the number part. And then in the mm-hmm. text box, put Catholic Bible um, would be great. You also can already subscribe. Uh, the podcast is up and going and uh, just hit subscribe and you'll get an, a little alert on your phone if you have notifications that like either either late at night or early in the morning, just pop up and say, yep, the, the episode for today is available. So you can either start your day off that way or end your day. Um, it'll be there every single day for 365 days. Gosh, God love you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. Well, Father, as you know, uh, as you in our last episode, when you were with us, we do a one thing uh, for the week. It's something, it can be everything from the serious to the mundane, to the silly, to some meme that you like, uh, that you just really are enjoying. So we're going to let you think about that for a second and we'll give ours first. So Heather, would you like to share with our listeners what your one thing is for the week? I'm sure I just had complete panic wash over me 30 seconds ago when I realized I didn't have one. So I was like <laughs> racking my brain. And what's come to me is my favorite prayer candle in my prayer mm-hmm. space, which has become very dear to me. That little space in my home is from Providential Co. And they have beautiful candles and beautiful sacred things. And I just, yeah, the one that I have is called Holy Mass, the scent. It's just so uh, awesome. I'm going to be heartbroken when that thing runs out because I don't, I'm going to need somebody to like sneak them across the border or something because I don't know how to even do anything right now. Um, is that the one so, you bought in Louisiana last year? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. It has been a long I time. save it for special moments because I don't want it to be gone. Like it's been a long time because it's like really my most special thing. So Providential Co., you can check out all the beautiful things on their website. And I found like creating some kind of prayer space, even if it's small, like it used to be in a closet. Now it's just a little hallway part of um, my office, but it's just so, so it's been such a gift to me. Anyway. Yeah. Michelle, what's your one thing? My one thing is um, is actually a Christmas present from my husband. 
And he got, which unbeknownst to him, was one of my meditations at on my retreat. I figured um, he actually got me the painting from Ascension Press. And it is when Joseph is praying over Mary's womb. Oh. And, and he had no idea, like in my silent retreats, they had me, uh, my spiritual director had me pray with the image of St. Joseph and the Holy Family a lot. But it was of St. Joseph praying over you know, me. And so it was just so beautiful. Oh, so that is, yeah, the one thing is beautiful art. If you haven't seen it from the Advent series that um, sister did with Father Mark Toops and Father Josh, our family did it for this Advent season. And let me just tell you, it has rocked my world. Father Mark Toops, I've always loved mm-hmm. you, but you know, I mean, you've been so dear to us for so long and such a good friend, but boy, this one, this past Advent rocked my world. And I think it's very providential with the Holy Father um, announcing it as a year of St. Joseph, you know, so it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. So thank you, sister. You did a beautiful job too. (laughs) Oh, can I just tell y'all this really quick? (laughs) My kids, we were watching the Advent series. We had young adults, like college young adults in our family that did Advent every Sunday night at our house. And sister came up to do her meditation the second week. And they're like, Lily goes, wait, that's our sister. Like, what's she doing? Like, they don't see her as anything, you know, like she's like, and then it was father Josh. She's like, that's our father. Like, I mean, they're like, they just, they're like, what are they doing over there? And so it was so funny. But she's like, hey, that's our sister. And so, yep, that's your sister. That was cute. So, sister, what is your one thing? Uh, well, my one thing has been something that's it's just been absolutely piercing my heart for a long time now. And it's the I know it's not the Christmas season, so to speak, right now when this is going to air, but um, it's the Christmas album by Maverick City Music. But their particular mm-hmm. version of Oh Come Let Us Adore Him, which you could listen to at any time of the year, is a, it's like 11 minutes long. And this is part of it where they take it from Oh Come Let Us Adore Him to to the, the, the lead singer just saying, I'm going to be like Mary and pour my oil out upon you. Because he's like, if it costs, if it costs me, you're worth it. If it costs me, you're worth it. And that, I have listened to that probably every day, every day for weeks mm. now, and it's just been ministering so deeply to my heart. And so, yeah, I would, if you haven't heard that album, I, it's definitely worth a listen. But the their version of "Oh Come Let Us Adore Him" by Maverick City Music is stunningly beautiful. It and it breaks my heart every single time. Like I, yeah, it's so lovely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very beautiful. Father Mike, friend, what is your one thing for the week? Wow, I because you just inspired me, um, like a new song. I so I was I'll say something else, but this is maybe a point two five thing. Quick, um, you know the band Reliant K? Do you remember them at all? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they uh, had a Christmas album. I'm not sure when it came out, but one of their songs that they it's an original that they wrote is called "I Celebrate the Day." And I mm. just I just encourage anybody to um, ever. It's, it's it's new, obviously, non-traditional Christmas song, but uh, I can't, ha, I can't even like recite some of the lyrics without choking up. So I'm going to fight my way through mm-hmm. this and try to get there. Um, so one of the last lyric is, ha, okay, we'll work our way through this. It'll be fine. Then I'll say it. Yeah, you're fine, great. Father. So mm-hmm. it's, and I celebrate the day that you were born to die. So I could one day pray for you to save my life. Mm. Celebrate the day you were born to die. So I could one day pray for you to save my life. Like, oh, it's so good. I love it. But my one thing can't be that. Two songs in a row. Um, you can do very I've been well. getting into, uh, I get these kicks where I'm like, I need to have less things. And so I have been not Marie condoing life but i because i don't thank the articles of clothing or whatever. You're not hiding everything. <laughs> but uh but do they spark joy though Father? yeah, yeah i know joy, the, thing. You know? It, the most thing is it, are they useful or are they are they not useful <laughs> and i just was like wow i hold on to a lot of things uh with the idea that maybe someday mm. maybe this will be necessary maybe this will be helpful maybe this will be whatever as opposed to i think there's something really profoundly that I'm being moved to trust uh, in a different way of just saying like, no, I, I can, I can, I be, I can have less and I can not just to, so no, there's no clutter, not just so that it's easier to clean, but because it's easier to trust when, when I'm willing to get with, to part with something that I, even if it's uh, for some, some things, even if it's a sentimental thing, just be able to say, it, but it's okay. I can let go of this and still 
still know that there, this gift that was given to me was a gift of love. And I, I'm, I still have the love even if I don't have the gift. And there's something in there about mm -hmm. that that just uh, I've been reflecting on. So it's been a reflective kind of process of uh, clearing out some things and giving away some things. And But it's been uh, also, yeah, a good kind of spiritual practice as well, I think. Mm -hmm. Amen to it. I think you just inspired all our listeners to clean out their closet. <laughs> like we, we just need to, we just need to get rid of stuff. <laughs> oh, Father, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a delight to I'm have so grateful. you with us on the show. Yeah, thank you, thank you, and thank you for just pouring out your heart out. It's such a good bridegroom and such a good father. Like we're so grateful for the gift of you and your continued yes and your priesthood and just who you are as a man and, and a brother and a son and a friend. And so we're just uh, really grateful. So thank you so much and thank you for this new initiative. I can't wait to sign up. I'm gonna sign up today. So <laughs> I offer one last thing is that it's so funny. This is only my second time on Together Abiding podcast, but um, <laughs> but one of the things that is, you you the three of you do so well is just affirming, affirming fatherhood, affirming uh, individuals. Like they're just, they're, they're, it, it's so clear uh, the way in which you actively communicate love and respect. Um, and so I just, it's, it's so upbuilding even to just visit because I'm like, wow, mm. wow. They, they really, really communicate so clearly and just convey so clearly the depth of love and respect and uh, upbuilding as opposed to uh, anything else. And I just am so, so grateful for that because it's like, what is it? Why is it so different <laughs> talking with Heather, Michelle and sister? It's just like, oh, it's because of that. Like there's this profound way in which you, yeah, just love well and respect well and, and build up. Anyways, I just wanted to pass it on to you. You can Thank edit you. that out if you want, if it's too embarrassing. <laughs> we don't want to edit it out. <laughs> Thank you. We'll listen to it over and over again, your affirmation just again. <laughs> it was kind. It was <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, well, thank you, Father. Thank you. Well, thank you, dear listeners. And we we want to encourage you to sign up, sign up for the year of the word and and join the journey of going through the Bible with Father Mike and just allowing the Lord to transform your heart and go to Ascension Press, um, check it on the podcast app and come along, come along on the journey. Maybe we'll have some discussions mid-year, Father. We'd love to have you back and just maybe awesome. see kind of how that works. And, you know, we'll see how we can coordinate our schedules again. But thank you so much. And we're in it to win it, friends. Welcome to season nine. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.